0: not included. I'm Michelle and I'm Dante and this is an episode where we try to find all of the pieces to make our lives seem a little bit more normal.
1: Coming from different walks of life, we'll try to spark conversation that mentally stimulates us and challenges the way we all think. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that we all experience. Most people probably don't know they experience it but today the main focus is burnout. burnout. <laughs> but before we dive into burnout, uh let you guys know what it is, in case you don't know. Let's go ahead and do our daily check-in. Go ahead, Michelle. What you got?
0: <laughs> um. All right. So, I was thinking about this, this morning on my drive-in, that my inner peace has been, I don't want to say heavily disturbed, but it has been disturbed the past, I'd say, two to four weeks. And... Inner peace is something so like big and important to me, and so I'm like redirecting my focus on that. So I am, you guys, I am now on my journey to healing or to coping with this.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what we're what this journey is. This journey of healing is uh, leading towards or coming from.
0: Where is it coming from? Yeah, yeah, where is
1: it coming from?
0: Um, What do you mean, where is this? What do you mean? I
1: guess, what are you healing from? Because, I mean, if mm. you had to reflect over it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't get into too much detail, but just know that my inner peace has been really disturbed and, like, messed with. I got it, okay. This transition to Seattle has been harder um, than I ever, like, thought or imagined it would be. Right, And so that is where I'm at right now. And as you guys know, if you've been listening to previous episodes, kind of the whirlwind that I have been on, but this past weekend, I feel like I'm taking strides. I started creating boundaries for myself and saying no to things that no longer serve me and are not doing, that are harming me, then... uh, doing good for me so that is where I'm at with life I'm trying to like get my zen back
1: that's what's up (laughs) nice (laughs) okay I know
0: it's a lot it's a lot but thanks for being here with me how's it going I'm it's going really good
1: okay
0: I'm feeling re-energized I'm feeling motivated I'm feeling like there's a light at the end of the tunnel no (laughs) it wasn't that dark it wasn't that deep but um no like overall I just feel like my energy is back and uh, yeah We're moving forward.
1: That's what's up. And
0: I'm working within my conditions, within my circumstances, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Yeah.
1: Okay. And how's the UX program going? It's going
0: good. Mm -hmm. Actually, I job shadowed my cousin, who is a UX researcher, and I kind of just asked her about the industry and her experience in it, um, and she gave me some really good feedback and insight, and that was really fun. So, like I said, I'm back in it.
1: That's what's up. Nice. Yes.
0: How have you been? I've what been have you good. been
1: up to? Uh, busy week. So what did I see you last week? Yeah. yeah I don't know. I guess I feel like it's been um, pretty crazy. We've we've got a lot done with the podcast. Yeah. So when you while you guys are listening to these recordings, these are all pre recorded, right? And we're still planning trying to figure out how to get this launched and yeah. the logos and thumbnails and stuff. But we've made a lot of progress.
0: Mm-hmm. What was
1: this, Sunday? Yes. I think, you know, I'm really thankful for that. I felt even more motivated to keep pushing, right? Then, I think what? Went on a couple dates. I'm making wine. Okay. So I've been trying to make wine for like decades because we have Riesling grapes in the backyard. I don't know how to fucking make wine. Mm -hmm. And this girl I went on a date with, she does. So she's been schooling me on this shit. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping it turns out because that might just be another... Okay. Business Dante's Winery.
0: Okay. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe not. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna be good at it. But I'm hoping this first batch tastes. Uh, tastes pretty good. I'm not even a wine person actually. So I was gonna
0: say, who's gonna taste test for you? I don't
1: know. You want? Hopefully, some? her. Oh yeah. So she, I gave her a ton, <laughs> and I'm gonna compare it because she knows how to do it. She's yeah. done it before, so I'm hoping it tastes.
0: Yeah.
1: As good, if not better.
0: It'll be right. interesting. Funny you say that because you did bring some snacks for us today. Yes. Thank you. He made some fig jam.
1: Yes, ma'am. From your
0: figs. And what else did you... Oh, you made some cream cheese fig jam. I don't know what spread. you call this. Oh, a spread. Yes. And then some yellow pear tomatoes. I didn't make
1: those, by the way.
0: Sorry, he grew them <laughs> in his garden. Um, Obviously, but... I said they taste like cherry tomato. <laughs> nah,
1: I'm, I'm fed up, man. I'm not bringing you nothing. You, <laughs> no, you don't they know taste... To... <laughs> I said yeah. they
0: taste really good. It would. T- I think it would be really good on a salad. The end note of it, it's like not as acidic. Yeah. It's like a little... It's a sweeter. Yeah. But when you like bite into it, it's acidic, like a cherry tomato, and then it like ends on
1: a sweet For real? Note. Yeah. I don't know. That's I feel my like I can't taste it. the acidity in there. Yeah, I feel like it's more firm. Than a cherry tomato? It doesn't have that juicy burst like a cherry tomato does? Yes, it does. Not as much. That's
0: what I experienced. Bro, I'm not
1: asking you to taste nothing <laughs> anymore. Whatever. Um, we mind need, you, like, I, need, I,
0: I don't need a lot of cherry tomatoes. I need Ryan. a new co-host. I need a new <laughs> hey. co-host.
1: All over these damn yellow pear tomatoes. Did you like them though?
0: Yeah, they're not bad. Okay. Like, I'm not a huge tomato fan, but I do like cherry tomatoes. You actually gave me sun-dried tomatoes the other week, yes. which was bomb.com these were in um,
1: there
0: oh they were they were, were. Mixed in, they yeah, were at yeah, the yeah. they were in the older batch yeah, mixed yeah, with yeah, the yellow yeah. and the cherries so uh, I had a sun-dried uh, sun-dried tomato noodles at Olive Garden like years ago And I did not like the dish at all. And it ruined sun-dried tomatoes for me. Mm -hmm. That was like the first and last time I had it. And then you told me you had dried some up. And I was like, okay, let me get some. Yeah. Let me try it out. Found a recipe online. um, Ended up making it and actually really surprised myself because it was really good. It was pretty good. And even my husband was like, this is good. Yeah. Um, So if you have any more sun-dried tomatoes...
1: Well, I'll just give you the fresh ones. All you got to do is pop them in the oven. You cut them, put don't them on I... a baking sheet, uh-huh. put some salt over the top. Not a lot, like just uh-huh. sprinkle some sea salt over the top, uh-huh. throw them in the oven at like 200 for a few hours and you're good.
0: don't have to like squeeze it out or anything?
1: Uh, I mean, if you want to, it'll make it a little bit faster, but I just leave the juices in. I don't. So you
0: chop no, it up, more. sprinkle some salt, put it in the oven and let it do its thing. You let it
1: do its thing for like two to three hours. And there you go,
0: sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah,
1: I mean, they do make domes where you can let it sit outside, so oh, it's like uh-huh. a cover. Mm-hmm. You put the dome over the top. There's vents. And, well, um, that's so
0: serious. <clears throat> but this is like a little cheap, easy way to do it. Uh, the, the oven, oven is <laughs> the expensive thing yeah. to do.
1: The oh, dome is the like thing. a piece of plastic. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a microwave cover. It's but like one it of those. So letting
0: it sit out? Yeah. Bugs. Uh... That's fine. That's fine.
1: There's little <laughs> vents. They shouldn't be in there. You'll be okay.
0: Me and bugs. No.
1: But we do have a lot of produce still at the house, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking of hopefully grabbing some of that extra produce and making a donation at this um, this organization called Transform Beerian. Okay. So the reason why this came about was recently there was a potential location for me to have my gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. Temporarily. Exciting. And- yeah, definitely exciting. My, so my clients my clients know the ins and outs of Virian, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, we've got this perfect place for you. You should go talk to the director. Um, so I went to go talk to him. He transformed Berian as a nonprofit. They have a portion of the building loaned out to them. And when I go talk to him, um, I was like, hey, you know, I want to provide for the community. I want to provide my services for the community for free, obviously. Because I think exercise is important, both physically and mentally. Yes. And I wanted to see if there's maybe a way I can fit into your schedule to help those people out. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he did not know how to put my service into his practice. Because Mm -hmm. from his experience, most people... What Transform Beerian is about extremely low income and homeless people that need this assistance right Mm -hmm. so from his experience those people really are there just for for a certain purpose get their laundry done get their food get Mm -hmm. clothes and -hmm. that's it right and we sat down talked about his mission for a while and I was like hey I got some um I I could probably assist with getting some of the food Mm -hmm. because I have extra produce maybe I could drop some stuff off he's like yeah we appreciate that you know and we're just bouncing ideas off of each other, how I can help, how I can get other people to help. Yeah. And he was telling me how he takes on so many hats.
0: Yeah.
1: With the organization. He's like, you know, they warned him that it's going to be a lot. He was like, I can take it on. Like, I'll be okay. And I commend him for his for his duties because all the stuff he has to do throughout the week mm-hmm. is insane. Like, he's bouncing from different parts of the whole county, just trying to get people involved, trying to get yeah. other organizations involved. Um, Trying to figure out where does he donate all the extra stuff that people aren't taking, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: He's on a one-man team, is he?
1: For what he needs, for what he's doing, he's the only one that does it. Okay. I don't know if anybody else is able to do it with him, but I mean, I'm assuming as a director... He has a team. You have a... Oh, yeah, no, for sure. He has a team. Yeah, Yeah, he has a team. But as far as what he does, all the hats that he's wearing, Mm -hmm. I think he has to do that. And no one else can at this point, at least. Mm -hmm. But when we were talking... It's kind of ironic that he was telling me the story because he was telling me how at times he feels burnt out. Mm-hmm. He, he loves what he does. He loves helping the people, but he needs the structure, right? And a lot of people in nonprofits that are aimed towards the same type of help that he's providing or that their organization is providing, a lot of those people drop out because they can't give that amount of time that he's trying to give, right? Mm-hmm. So he's taking on all these positions. hmm and he's like, man, it just puts a toll on him. But the way that he's worked around it is that he has cut out all the stuff that gets him off track. Mm. Anything that's even minuscule as far as like talking to people that aren't part of the orga- organization for like five minutes. Like you. Yeah. Well, like so. So well, what's funny is that when I came into the meeting, he goes. I don't got time for this. No, no, no it, pretty much. Like, no, he was really happy to speak with me and really supportive with what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But when I met with him, he goes, please, I apologize. Like, I just woke up and, you know, I'm really tired. I don't have the coffee, had the coffee in me yet. And, you know, it's just been a really, really long week. And I was like, I get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Yeah. But
1: you just realize that there are certain things he has to cut out to try to avoid reaching burnout. Yes. Right. And. I think from a psychological standpoint, he has his own practices where he understands the greater good of what he's doing, which is, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's really passionate about helping people and seeing the end goal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's what he's really striving for. So rather than being stressed out about his main work, he figures out how to stress less.
0: Yes. That's kind of like what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I'm learning how to set boundaries with myself. Exactly. And saying no to things that I would have said yes to in the past, but I know that like I have to put my foot down somewhere or else, you know, this is going to spiral. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like that. I totally, I hear him.
1: Well, I'm guessing you experience burnout then. You know,
0: I have. So my experience with burnout in the past, I mean, I don't want to say obviously in the workplace, but I am going to say in the workplace. Um, I think that's one of the most common uh, types of burnout that people recognize, right? And personally, for me, it was when I was onboarding a new job in a new industry that I had never really worked in before, but the training was kind of lacking. My support from my supervisor was great, amazing, but the training itself was lacking. And so... I think I was just overwhelmed with the amount of workload coming at me and uh, I was a little confused as to what my responsibilities are. Have you ever started a new job before and so much information is coming at you, you kind of like leave at the end of a couple days and you're like, like, what is my responsibility and what is not my responsibility? Or like, what am I going to take on or not? Have you ever, and maybe you haven't, but...
1: Mm I mean, not unfortunately, but no, I I, ha- I guess I haven't because a lot of yeah, my jobs okay. are in, were in the same industry mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. they're in the same industry, uh-huh. but I'll think okay. about it as of right now. I don't think I have.
0: So that's how I felt. Like sometimes, some days I went home just kind of confused as to like where the line um, or where that, that border was as far as like what are my responsibilities and not. Yeah. And so I'd go home confused and, and whatever. I think this job, it took me, it was a pretty big position, but it took me like almost six months until I finally got a hang of things. And that might sound like a lot to people, but talking to other people in this same position, um, in in other, in other buildings, that was not far-fetched. Other people felt the same way too. Mm -hmm. So occupationally, that was one. And I think also when you start a new job, I just wanted to step up and take on the work so I could show them that I was a good employee, employee, right? Um, But again, I think creating boundaries for yourself is so important. So in hindsight, I probably should have created some boundaries and taken advantage of being a new person and asking more questions. But one form of burnout that I do want to bring up because it doesn't get talked about as often as occupational burnout is parental burnout because I think there are a lot of us, and when I say us, me and other parents, that experience this but we don't talk about it because there's a stigma behind it, right? There's already so many expectations with parenting or that comes along with parenting and I always feel that there's always eyes on us Um, when we are with our children that people don't want to admit they are experiencing parental burnout because they might feel guilt or shame on top of the everyday guilt and shame that we already feel. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think I experienced parental burnout when I was living on the other side of the state in Tri-Cities and I had a lack of help. Like, yes, it was so as my husband and I and I did have a cousin who I am like so thankful for and she was able to help us out a little bit, but In general, it was still was a lot for me to take on. And I think I was so motivated in the beginning. In the beginning, when I first became a stay-at-home mom, I was like, I'm going to do the home-cooked meals. I'm going to do educational activities with them. I'm going to have them on a structured schedule and a clean house, like the list goes on, right? And while I was doing that for a while, just over time, I started to get burnt out And I started to lose motivation and I started just to feel drained all the time. So what burnout looked like for me was I was feeling drained all the time and I still am like on a daily basis. I'm not as like motivated to give my best and gosh, that sounds so bad, but really it's like my cup is empty and I need to refill it, right? I need to re-energize at some point. I felt more irritable, more frustrated my patience wore thin, and I like to think like I'm a pretty patient person. You're making faces, but
1: debatable. <laughs> so.
0: No, I do like. I think I, actually
1: that's true because Isaac would be kind of wild when at the <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh you, you're, pretty I'll, patient. you're pretty <laughs> to patient. I'm gonna mention
0: that in a second. So no, I think I'm a pretty patient person, but comes to find, come to find out, like I'm not, and my husband is way more patient than I am. <laughs> He's like so zen compared to me and uh, I think that's why I was always thankful for our monthly trips back to Seattle because it was like we're gonna be with grandparents and uh, it was like a win-win my yeah. grandparents got to spend time with their grandchildren my kids got to spend time with their grandparent right and it gave me and. My husband, Dexter, a A break. chance to
1: get drunk. Oh, oh sorry. Right. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> whatever. You know what? Like, to let loose, do whatever we needed to do to, like, just take a break. So, yeah, I'm like, man, was I burnt out, like, every month? Like, on a monthly basis. Probably. You know, I was just drinking. Probably, straight. yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so that was my experience. Um, what has your experience with burnout been? How has that, like, presented itself in your life? Only work. Only work. Yeah, I don't
1: have kids. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know about that, but
0: well, it's just work interesting how like a lot insane. of a lot of the readings about burnout did focus on um, occupational burnout and specifically in health related fields. Mm-hmm. So just shout out to everyone working in the health medical fields mm-hmm. that experience it. But yeah, sorry, yeah, continue. they're killing it.
1: But you mentioned before that you know you asked me if I've ever had a job where well I think you said you. Don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Or yeah, you, don't you were know like you're... uncertain
0: about what your responsibilities were, what, you know, your job responsibilities were.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been in that situation, but I guess I've always been the type that sees the end goal mm-hmm. for whatever the company wants, right? Yeah. And whatever business I'm working for. So I'm already creating my own plan. So I would just end up going to the boss or start doing something on my own that where I think I'm going to help or benefit the company. So uh-huh. like I just go ahead and do it.
0: Go rogue. Yeah.
1: So so I guess I don't experience that, um, which that could be a form of burnout as well. And I'll, we'll go into detail what mm-hmm. type of burnout that is. But for me, it's usually when I take on too many tasks. Mm-hmm. So as you know, listeners, you guys might know as well, I got a lot of shit going on. I always have a lot of tasks going on. And yeah. um, I like to be busy. So there was one time, I think, what, 2016, I was... Here's the time frame. I'd be working, or I'd be up by like 4.45, 5 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Get up, get ready to go to work, and then I won't come home until about 10 p.m. And I was doing that for about three to four months. So this is what my schedule was. 5 a.m., wake up, get ready. Didn't even eat breakfast, just make coffee, get out. Start training at from 6 to 8 a.m., okay? Mm-hmm. Training my clients. At 8 a.m., get more coffee. So I'm driving from the first location I'm driving for about an hour to go to the second location,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is, um, first location is Beery and then I'm going to SPU to help train Seattle Storm. And I would get there by nine, set up, get done with training by 3 p.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, after SPU, I go to UW to start training other people. And that's probably like a 15-minute drive and at UW, I have back-to-back clients. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes after the clients, I try to fit in a game of basketball or like a really, really light lift. And on top of that, at some point, my car was was um, not working, mm-hmm. so I had to take the bus. Sometimes, what could have been a thirty minute drive home turned into an hour and a half, and sometimes Damn. I wouldn't be up till eleven. And I was doing that five days a week, Damn. and it was insane. On top of that, I did take on another project, mm-hmm. and this was two thousand nineteen. So I guess it started two thousand seven, two thousand eighteen into two thousand nineteen, where I was still working about. 60 to 80 hours a week then i was trying to or i started my basketball tournament Mm -hmm. so i was planning that on my own Mm -hmm. and there's nights i was up till three in the morning Mm -hmm. and um working like trying to learn how to code trying to learn how to use illustrator and graphic do graphic design and shit i didn't i didn't learn much taking
0: (laughs) too much on yeah
1: i took way too much on Uh, because i'm the type that thinks like oh shit well i can just learn how to do it I know. Um, And I'm also the type that doesn't have the money to pay for people to do this stuff for me Uh because it it can get pretty pricey, right?
0: And also the type of person who doesn't know how to ask for help.
1: What else? What else (laughs) do I got? (laughs) That is true, but I'm learning. Yeah. So anyways, around that time, I was also in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And She had kids too, and I wasn't able to devote my time to that. And that was, that was kind of confusing because I'm, it's like tug of war, but I'm also getting pushed to work harder. And, you know, this day and age, there are a lot of mentors or motivational speakers that are like, you got to push. You got to work harder. Mm-mm. There's no need to rest until you're done.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: why do you want to be the last one at the finish line? You got to be first. You got to be better. You got to be the best mm-hmm. in, uh, with what you're doing. And I think at that point, that's kind of what stuck with me. Yeah. And it fucked me up mm-hmm. because I neglected my relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, no. my So she understood what I was trying to do. Uh And she kind of just let me do it, Mm -hmm. but there's times where it's like, why can't you devote more time to this? I'm like, I just need a little bit more time. Like I've got to get this done. Yeah. And so I'm getting burnt out on both ends, trying to juggle, trying to juggle everything, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And also around that time, I had stuff with family going on, so I'm trying to figure out how to give more time to the family because that was, yeah, um, that was like a really big problem going on that year in 2019. And it was tough, and it got to the point to where. I didn't feel defeated, but I felt as if I wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. Like, all I did was focus on work and how am I going to make everything more efficient? How am I going to organize my time? I didn't feel energized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's times I wasn't even really hungry. My whole my whole goal is just to get the shit done, right? And I was extremely drained. In 2019, I was extremely drained for like four months straight. And it wasn't until I got through the basketball tournament that I was like, "Fuck, I can breathe." Yeah. Like I really felt like I was being strangled by mm-hmm. my work, and you know, that it was all, all because of me. I'm the one that set up my schedule. Mm-hmm. These were all optional jobs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, at that time I felt like I had to do what these motivational speakers are telling mm-hmm. us to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was it was tough, you know. Oh, that-
0: so that was your mentality. And yes, I do agree. There's a lot of, like you said, mo- motivational speakers or entrepreneurs or whoever that's always pushing this mentality that you have to keep going. Um, if you want to be the best, you know, what is it? If, if you want to be the best, you got to keep going, you whatever. Keep pushing. It's, you like, train. it's it's really toxic, actually. Oh, yeah. And it just, I mean, uh,
1: which I agree to a certain extent. Yes. You know, because you you do have to push yourself and put yourself in an uncomfortable position in order to grow. Yeah. That's my belief. Yeah. Uh, but there is that fine line where when is enough enough? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if there's gonna, if of course people are like, oh, tomorrow's never guaranteed. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. the likelihood of yeah. you being there tomorrow to work on it is uh-huh. pretty fucking high. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some t- at one point I decided to give myself a little bit of slack.
0: Where, you know,
1: if it's 11 o'clock, if I know I can't function Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: get stuff done with a good amount of effort, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it, you know? Yeah,
0: yes. And I
1: I don't know, it took a while for me to realize it. And after reviewing some of the burnout info that we were reading upon, or I mean, you did most of the reading this time, but I was reading about it over at UW because our boss one day, I think this is around 2019 when I was working at Ella, she actually put a...
0: A burnout handout?
1: It was was a magazine. Uh And there's a bunch of stuff in the magazine, but the cover was, the cover said, do you feel like you're burnt out? Uh I was like, what the fuck is this? And Mm -hmm. so my coworker goes, Dante, I think you need to read this. (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody knew what I was doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, sometimes when you're in it, you just don't know. Sure. Until you know what it is. Yeah. Right? And so let's actually just break it down real quick. Uh, For those of you that don't know what burnout is, if we were to define it, we would say that it is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive or prolonged stress, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that, you know, you might be able to touch up on this, that there, we do want to differentiate stress and burnout. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, it's crazy because when I think of burnout, all I think about is like, uh, overwhelmed and stressed, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can't take on any more workload, but it is so much more than that. And I do want to differentiate stress and burnout because um, it's this understanding of excessive or prolonged stress. Where, hold on, let me think about this for a second. I guess it's, it's kind of um, like
1: something being chronic or acute, right? Yeah.
0: So, for example, like you can have a task that can stress you out. Um, but once you're done with that task, the stress goes away. Yeah. So that's not really harmful to us yeah. or our health. That's just like, oh, I have to finish writing a paper. But once the paper's due, like it's gone. So
1: that would be something that's acute. It happens mm-hmm. for a short amount uh, within yeah. a short amount of time.
0: Yeah. And then burnout is just this understanding that there's like there's no end in sight of this stress. You don't know when it's going to end, right? You just keep taking more on. Uh And uh, I mean, you mentioned emotional and physical um, exhaustion too. So you want to continue?
1: Well, let's touch up on the idea that you don't know when it's going to end. Because I feel like you can know when it's going to end. And it doesn't mean that you can't experience burnout. Mm-hmm. It's just a certain threshold. You know, I like to um talk about like performance anxiety. So there's this inverted U theory, right? Where and this is like devoted to sports mostly, at least the way that we learned it. Mm-hmm. You when you're given a certain amount of stress, right? Um inverted U is just an upside down U. This is a graph. And yeah, upside down U like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you're given a certain amount of stress, your performance increases you know we learn this about sports but this this goes with anything right? uh-huh. in order to give your best performance you want to have a certain amount of stress pla- placed on you so mm-hmm. you can do your best yeah and everybody has their optimal performance when they have too much stress placed on them yes. that's when your performance decreases yes right yeah and so that's kind of kind of like what um, what some of the signs and symptoms are when it comes to like feeling drained poor sleeping habits, feeling mm-hmm. helpless, all that stuff. It's because you can't, in my opinion, it's because you can't control the situation and the situation is placing a toll on your well-being. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring up this theory of um, inverted you. It reminds me of this concept in the Atomic Habits book by James Clear. Um, he talks about the Goldilocks rule. You recall? or hmm sound so familiar. So... For those who haven't read Atomic Habits before, it's this, that humans experience peak motivation when you are working on tasks that are just right on the edge of your current abilities. That is to say, it's not too easy, it's not too hard, like, it's just right. So he gave the example of, like, uh, pretend you're a tennis player, and you're a pretty decent tennis player. Mm -hmm. But if you're against, say, a five-year-old playing tennis... It's not challenging enough. Yep, exactly. And so it doesn't challenge you enough, and so you're not as interested or motivated. Um, but if you are playing against, like, a really good tennis player out of your league, you, what, your optimal peak performance, I don't know. What am I trying to say? Well, if
1: you're, in, so, yeah, if you're playing someone, if you're playing someone that is better, better than, than you. you and you know that they're better than you and you have an idea that you're going to lose and that's not fitting as well but you want mm-hmm. to have that middle ground which is that yeah middle bed and the goldilocks theory plays off of goldilocks and the mm-hmm. three bears so yeah. that's what it is um yes. so it's that middle that middle bed that middle section mm-hmm. where the the stimulation is just enough
0: yeah i think he called it just manageable difficulty
1: just manageable difficulty and you know I think that falls specifically just with the topic we're talking about because there are different types of athletes. Of course, my education is in movement studies, so mm-hmm. we did a lot of sports psychology. Mm-hmm. or We took a course in sports psych, and there are different ways to coach those type of people. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the ones that do experience that type of burnout when there's too much or too little, mm-hmm. the, the ones that experience too little, they don't. They tend not to focus on the main goal, yeah. which is the practice or the or winning yeah. an event. And then when there's those types that can't deal with someone that's doing better than them, mm-hmm. um, they kind of shy away, and it's just mm-hmm. too much of an overload for them to try to do their best or perform at their level of what's best for them.
0: Yeah. So when it's easy, um, it, there's actually a name for it. It's called underchallenged burnout, mm-hmm. and it's when it, you're bored and not stimulated, uh, which can lead to a lack of motivation or it causes you to lose passion, right? And then there are other two types of burnout. One is overload, uh, which is when someone continues to work at a sustain at an unsustainable pace. Clocking long hours without mental breaks, a.k.a. Dante, here. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. (laughs) And then um, neglect burnout when you like guidance or structure, which leaves you feeling like you can't meet expectations. Which
1: is relatable to what you mentioned at the very beginning, your experience of that job where you didn't know
0: Mm -hmm. what you're
1: supposed to be doing, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. It's just kind of crazy that I've never thought about it this way because I've always thought about it as... I thought about burnout as something where there's too much of a workload placed on you and that's it.
0: Yeah. You know, same here. I mean, when I was reading about burnout, like one of the, um, emotional signs or symptoms that I read about was this compassion fatigue, um, which is essentially when someone becomes numb to the suffering of others. So like emotional numbness, which is just crazy, crazy to think
1: since you mentioned that, I think of when BLM started, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Right?
0: So 2020, like George Floyd? Or
1: uh, before that? No, the... no, before that. It uh-huh. had to be before that because... Yeah. Was Breonna Taylor before that?
0: Around the same time. The same, I, yeah. I can't
1: even get them in order, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: there were so many videos going around, right? Yeah. Uh, so much people talking about it in the news. Yeah. People dying, people getting shot. Yeah. And... Black people dying, black people getting shot. And then it got to the point to where if I were to hear another story, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the same reaction anymore.
0: Yes. I, and
1: I was feeling numb to it. and
0: We became desensitized.
1: Definitely. And, you know, I have a college group where majority of that college group is black. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about it a lot. Like, what do we need to do to, like, get over this hump? Like, how do we unite and get other people on our side?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for me... I was just like, I don't even want to talk about it anymore.
0: Yeah. Like I
1: don't know, I don't know how to give my input or my side of things on this because mm-hmm. there's just too much of it going on.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It was kind of crazy. It's almost like when you're in a bad neighborhood too, right? Like growing up in South Seattle, I didn't, I didn't see a lot,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: but I've seen enough. Yeah. My friends have seen enough too, and then when we hear about, oh, there was a dead body.
0: Mm-hmm. Down the street.
1: Oh, there was a shooting down the street. Yeah, it's not like oh shit, there's a shooting down the street. Yeah, it's like oh, where was it at? You're like oh, was it near uh, your house again? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it was, and
0: yeah,
1: that's crazy to think of like an emotional, yeah, an, an emotional effect based on like or an emotional effect that comes from seeing something too much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah,
0: I tell me about it. Like I feel the same way. When I what's that movie? The one in the Bay Area. There was a movie at a Bart station. Oh, with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Some station. It's the
1: it's the one that's based on a true story. But yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I remember like finishing watching that for the first time and I'm like bawling in bed. Like hands to my face just bawling and feeling so strongly about it and being like oh my gosh like this has got to change this can't happen again and of course since then it's happened so many times time and time again
1: Fruitvale station
0: Yes okay. yes you've still you've seen it Yes I used to get so heated so angry like my blood would boil anytime I heard a news story about a black kid or a black person dying and unfortunately these days it has come to like damn another one but like my blood is not as boiled yeah unfortunately it's crazy
1: yeah because there was another video that i saw this one i think it was a hispanic kid Mm -hmm. he got shot he's Mm -hmm. i think he's alive Uh but he got shot at a fast food restaurant by a cop that was um what is it called on probation? Yeah, so he just started. Mm. He was seven months into his probation, mm-hmm. and the kid was like, you could tell he was scared. This guy was just in his car eating a burger. That's crazy. And then he, the cops, like, get out the car. He's like, for what? Yeah. Then, then I guess the kid got scared, tried to drive off, and the cop just started shooting at him, and
0: that's crazy. Yeah. So after
1: I saw the video, I felt the same way. I was like, oh shit, another one. Yeah. Right, but but I think like desensitization does happen a lot. And people mm-hmm. don't realize like it is, a f- it is a symptom of being burnt out, mm-hmm. right? And I think it is important to understand the signs and symptoms mm-hmm. of burnout in order to get yourself in the right state to avoid it from happening or getting yeah. too extreme. yeah. I mean, one thing I would want to touch up on is the signs and symptoms for people to avoid, right? So how many people do you think you've run into or talked to where they're like, they come home from work, yeah. And they're just like, oh, fuck. Oh, my gosh. I'm tired. Like, a, like it was a too lo- much.
0: A lot of people right. in my life, like, currently. Right? Yeah.
1: And it sucks because I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that said, oh, today was a good day. Wait, like, what? Oh, today was a good <laughs> day from work. Sorry. Yeah, from work. That? Yeah, no, no, no. No. You, yeah. I've never heard anybody say that, right? And it's crazy to me because I feel like our society is in a position where we people just need to work just to survive.
0: Mm-hmm. I need to
1: make money just to make sure I'm making up, especially in the fucking city. Yeah, in Seattle, it's tough because I think they said um, <laughs> you're telling me. Yeah, I think they said what low income now is seventy to eighty k. Under seventy to eighty k, I'm like, what crazy. the fuck That's in Seattle? Crazy. And people are gonna easily get burnt out from work.
0: Oh yeah, and you gotta
1: find ways to avoid it. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read somewhere recently that. In May, 2022, so just a few months ago, mm-hmm. was the highest Google search for "quote unquote" burnout symptoms, which says something, right? Like three years into the pandemic, and people are definitely starting to feel some way, um, all across the board. You know, parents, healthcare workers, teachers. I mean, the list goes on. I think, in general, like you said, we have this this society that places so much pressure on. Working, 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 and rarely taking a break, Mm -hmm. right? Actually, it's crazy to think that, like, burnout is still a taboo topic, especially in the workplace. But I think, I think the conversation with that is, like, changing, especially with this, like, remote work or working from home because people don't want to commute. Yeah. So I think the conversation behind this is changing, but, like, again, it's so important to talk about.
1: Well, that's um, from a management standpoint, then. Sure. Because you know the managers, I feel like they just have one end goal, which is to, I mean, meet their yeah. whatever the fuck the goals are, right?
0: Yeah. And I hear I, that, but like, at what expense, right? Well, it's crazy, and that's like where the you, employee's health.
1: Yeah, and that's Well-being. where you need to. Make, yeah, that's where you need to make sure that you have good, like a good manager or a good leader. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I've got a great example where you know earlier I mentioned that my old boss put that magazine down. that yeah. says Burnout. She knew everything I was doing, mm-hmm. and she even asked me. She's like, "Do you need to reduce your schedule? Like, you're, oh, she you're did? taking on a lot." Yeah,
0: that's really nice of her yeah. and like thoughtful of her.
1: Exactly, she because I was working about thirty to forty there, and she knew I was already doing thirty to 40. I was doing about thirty hours with Seattle Storm
0: uh-huh. and
1: doing something else, right? Yeah. So she knew that you know we need to have time for ourselves and put yeah. time aside for ourselves
0: yeah so Our what did boss? you did you reduce your hours did I reduce did my just, hours no yeah so you just, no, kept, no, kept, I, going. I just kept going so <laughs> even though someone tried to be like hey Dante yeah are you for down literally I mean I gotta you're,
1: finish like, it. you're like "Nah, it's okay I'm yeah.
0: good I'm good
1: <laughs> yeah. and so the new boss doesn't understand that and that's yeah. why there was a lot of trouble you know he would tell us to he, he would say you know I need you guys to have this paperwork done you this was at the very beginning I mean things have gotten a lot better yeah but the very beginning it was like hey we need you guys to do A, B, C, and D, and then one of my coworkers was like, "That's not our job. Mm. You should be doing that." Mm-hmm. And that's how all the trouble started. And lack uh, of clarity yeah. and
0: responsibility. Exactly.
1: So our boss, well, I mean, there was there was a sense of responsibility that he wanted to place on us,
0: uh-huh. but it wasn't our
1: responsibility. Yeah. And we're already working our ass off now. This is the beginning of the pandemic. We're trying to get our setups for Zoom calls get Mm -hmm. everybody organized on our schedules and he wanted to keep placing all this work on us Mm -hmm. and then this there's a little bit of gaslighting here Mm -hmm. because he was always like you know it's not that hard to do it it only takes a few seconds and then he's like I got so much on my plate I'm like well that's your responsibility though you know and that was just a tough time because we all felt burnt out trying to make that transition um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: transition to virtual for training
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that
1: actually left a lot of us checked out, unfortunately. Checked out with management, not mm-hmm. our clients.
0: Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so like all this to say that it is important to know the signs of burnout so that we can prevent it from happening in the first place, mm-hmm. right? And so you mentioned a little bit about it, but again, like physical, what does it look like physically? It's like we're feeling drained all the time, um, lowered immunity, change in appetite, and our sleeping habits emotionally it's like a loss of loss of motivation uh, feeling helpless trapped defeated um a sense of failure even though you feel like you're doing a lot right like for me with parenting it was like i know i'm doing a lot and the best i can but still feeling inadequate Mm -hmm. as a parent and when i say this like parental burnout like it refers to like occupational burnout too or whatever other types of burnout um, and then behaviorally, it can look like procrastination, um, using food or alcohol or smoking as ways to cope, and then withdrawing from your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So I think once we can uh, like recognize what burnout actually looks like in the real life or in the day-to-day, we can then counteract it, right? And so some of... Some of my tips for counteracting burnout or, like, things that I'm going to take with myself moving forward is just, like, surrounding myself with people who actually care about your well-being. For example, like, that's great that you had a supervisor to recognize it and be like, hey, do you want to reduce your hours? Like, I don't know how common that is. Not at all. Yeah. Like, I've been Not fortunate to have have some people in the workplace that um, that really cared about... Me as a person and not just an employee. But this also goes for, like, loved ones and friends, you know, just who care about your well-being. And then uh, creating better boundaries for myself and saying no to task, new tasks that I, I'm not willing to take on or just tasks that I'm not willing to, like, exert my energy towards because I literally cannot, like, I'm at my capacity. I tell you this all the time. I'm like, I don't have the capacity for this right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, me telling you straight up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So knowing what you know now, like, how do you think moving forward will you stop yourself from experiencing burnout?
1: The way that I try to improve with my habits is uh, be more intentional with my time. And what I mean by that is actually organizing it in a way where this is my allotted time that I have to work on Project A.
0: yeah.
1: Then I moved to project B, Mm -hmm. then to project C. So I haven't really reduced my workload. I figured out ways to be more efficient with it and not dwell over something that's not working out and Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out by the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rest was a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until maybe last year that I realized, like, fuck it, if I don't have it by 11
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or midnight, then just fucking go to sleep. Yeah, Try to wake up early. If you can, if not, find a little bit of time mm-hmm. in the middle of the day to get the shit done.
0: Yes. It is so important to like practice self care and yes. self compassion, especially within the last two years. I keep telling myself, like, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And you just need to give yourself more grace. Yeah. Like, stop that negative talk. Like, you are doing just fine. Yes.
1: It, and so that's what I had to do as well when it came to the push from social media or these. Motivational speakers saying, oh yeah, while, while you're sleeping, the other person's out there grinding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good for them. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm now I'm sitting back and saying that it's not a race.
0: Mm-hmm. Before
1: I thought it was a race, you yeah. know? Um, I used to get discouraged if I see someone accomplishing what I want to accomplish. I'm like, oh, I'm not working hard enough. I used to beat mm-hmm. the shit out of myself mm-hmm. because I felt like I was not doing enough.
0: Dang, we are our own worst enemies. Yeah, it's
1: crazy, right? Yeah. And that's where... Like right now, I take a step back, say, Dante, chill. It's okay. You'll you'll get there. Mm -hmm. You just don't have to get there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I'm working on is it's like a mental or psychological training where, you know, I'm trying to build the capacity or increase my capacity for this workload. So I'm personally not reducing my workload.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm kind of okay with the amount of work that I have because I Mm -hmm. feel like I can get it done. Yeah, I just have to be able to be uh, mentally present, right?
0: This is your just manageable difficulty. Yes, yeah. (laughs) So
1: it's like what I used to do in my planner. I would write down everything I need to do, Mm
0: -hmm. get done.
1: If I didn't get it done, I'm like, fuck! I need to stay up and get it done. Uh huh. Now everything just gets pushed to the next day. Keeps getting pushed, and you know, yeah, I'm gonna get there. And that's okay. Yeah, I'm slowly building up my threshold for. The amount of work that I could take on. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want to be able to take on a lot of work now. Mm -hmm. Know where my threshold is. Know where my stress levels... Know where I'm okay with Mm. um, certain stress levels. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once I'm done with these projects, life just gets a little bit easier.
0: Damn. You know?
1: And I get to relax.
0: Damn. You test yourself. Oh, yeah. You test yourself. For sure. You take on... But it seems like you evaluate along the way. Oh, like, yeah. Can I take more? Yes, I can. Or no, I cannot. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, <laughs> and to me, that's kind of kind of um, an extreme.
0: You think so? Because
1: uh, I, I don't think a lot of people do that. And you know, I'm not I'm not at my end goal. When I get to the end goal, mm-hmm. talking about this again, when you guys find out like, oh, he does have all the shit that he's been working on, mm-hmm. it's going to be a sense of relief. It's going to be yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's not for everyone. Right, and you kind of have to figure out what's for you, yeah, and not compare yourself. That's also another thing to avoid burnout. Do not compare.
0: Yes, dang, it's just crazy, crazy to think about. The last part I want to bring up, um, in this burnout topic is recognizing it in others, and how can we help? Maybe a friend or a loved one. Who is burnt out. Because I see I see my husband these days who just started a new job, right? And again, starting a new job can be very stressful. But I'm seeing him every day after work just, like, tired beyond. So I ask him, I'm like, how are you? How was your day? Like, anything you want to talk about, like, get off your shoulders. Right? I think it's important to be, like, a good listener. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one thing that sticks out is offering to help with tasks that's not related to their stressor, the thing that's stressing them out, mm-hmm. but finding other ways to take stress off their plate. Oh, I like that. Because. I
1: never thought about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you're not the one, say like, for example, if you're not the one burnt out, you can't get to the root of the problem. But like, how else can you help?
1: hmm You know? Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm damn, you're looking like you should help him with something today (laughs) after today's recording.
0: No, no. It's just like, again, it's just crazy to think that we think we know what burnout is and we think it's something so simple, but it's just a lot bigger than it actually is. Yeah. You know, and again, we live in a society that is so big on keep going, do your best, don't give up, don't stop, rest at the end. What was that video that you just sent me last night of So Kobe? You know, rest at the end. All right.
1: So that, you know, what's funny is that, <laughs> again, I agree with it, but I <laughs> yeah, don't, it's not for everybody. It's, it's not for everybody.
0: It's fine because some people, they need to hear that, right? To even just kickstart, to even just get that push of motivation. Yeah. That's fine. But what that part also forgets to highlight is like rest along the way. Yes. And go at the pace that's healthy for you.
1: Exactly. And I guess let's even point out that the whole resting at the end thing, (laughs) you know, it could also mean just, oh, take an extra 30 minutes to do some work and then rest. It doesn't mean take seven more hours to get the work done, you know, or work uh seven extra hours to work a little bit harder. Maybe maybe just break your threshold just a little bit. Like the 1% rule, right? Mm. Just a little bit more, a little bit more. It doesn't always have to be the extreme. Yes.
0: I'm over this, like, when you have a goal in mind, don't you want to just work at it, like, until you're done? Like, no, I'm so big on, like... Work-life balance is so important to me.
1: Yeah, why are we even working on this? Let's quit. (laughs) (laughs) Let's quit.
0: Oh, my gosh. We need to say, like, yes, you know, like, I am going to finish this task, like, but in due time. Yes. And in the meantime, I'm not going to risk my well-being, my mental health, my physical health, X, Y, Z, for this one goal because I want to also enjoy it. Yes. And I want to enjoy my time in between, right? So... All this to say, like, take it easy. Everything is going to be okay. Do not be so hard on yourself. Like, I am so hard on myself. But I have to remember, like, give yourself some grace.
1: Yes, exactly. I like it. Simple as that. You know, just don't, do not burn yourself out. You'll get there tomorrow. You'll be okay.
0: Yeah, if you are here tomorrow.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, (laughs) on that note, remember, we all have different journeys in life what may be right for me might not be right for you and vice versa we're hoping this episode enlightened you a little bit more and inspired you to bring up these types of conversations with your community
0: and hoping that you can be a part of our community don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on instagram at life.ini
1: i'm dante
0: and i'm michelle
1: and that's a wrap on another house till next time